Star Hurley is a third generation family business operating from Jenkinstown, County Kilkenny. Star Hurley produce handmade hurls made to the wishes of each individual. They can be contacted by phone on 083 434 or on social media via Facebook or Instagram. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor GA podcast. Uh, delighted to be joined by Offaly GA chairman Michael Dyson, former Offaly earlier as well as RT analyst. Um, your first year in 2020 as chairman, um, Michael, it was obviously a difficult year to start off as chairman. You could say that, Paul, yeah. Um, I think it was probably always going to be difficult for me because, anyway, because um, I suppose I had very little. Um, experience in administration. I had been chairman of our minor club in uh in the club in Ballinamiradoro for, for seven about seven years. But I suppose it's like playing. It's a big step up from, from club to county and particularly from you know from an underage club. But um I suppose I was determined to get involved in the first place to try to make some change in the county and uh, had a fairly clear vision of what we wanted to do. But um just getting really our feet under the table, getting a few structures in place uh, last March when, when COVID hit and um and i suppose it look it changed everybody's lives really didn't it it was uh it 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 i suppose for a few months there was there was there was no activity at all and uh, i suppose it was there was a fear out there a, a real unknown about the virus and uh i suppose it was it was really into a community response then at that stage and we were very involved in that through the ga clubs in offley and, um, and when we got back then we were just glad to get back and 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 you know get club matches going and um I think there was positives out of that, you know, in terms of there was great activity around every club. County players are back with their clubs at all age groups, and uh, we had fantastic club championships. We didn't get them fully finished in, in Offaly, which was we, we had that little mini lockdown in, in the middle of it all. We got three weeks along with Kildare and Leash, but that held us up. But we had a great, we had actually, there was a great buzz around the club championships. And uh, and then obviously the, the, the county season then finished um, finished off the year. And uh, again, disappointment, obviously, for us in the Christie ring. Uh, the footballers went out against Kildare, but um, I suppose left us looking forward to this year then and maybe getting back to some of our plans around coaching and around, um, you know, around supporting the clubs and a lot of other things that we wanted to do. And we had we 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 started to develop a strategic plan that we put in the, on the on the back burner as well. So we got back to all that sort of planning before Christmas and looking forward, really looking forward to the new year to get stuck in. And obviously now we've been hit with this third wave, which is obviously. Look, in a way more serious even than what we've had so far. So, um, we're 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 I suppose we're we're back to square one. You're trying to keep it in perspective that really at the end of the day, you know, it's GEA, it's not life and death. And, um, you know, while we'd love to be, uh, we'd love to be playing matches and back training and all that. I suppose look at the at the minute it's not, it's not it's not high in the agenda. But at the same time, we're working away in the background. So look, it's 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 been, it's been interesting. It has given me a little bit of time, I suppose. Um. That I mightn't have got to reflect on a lot of things and really get to know the, get to know the actual structure and even from Leinster and Crow Park, like there's a lot of there's there, there's a lot of unknowns there and uh, get to know a lot of people uh, in those positions as well and not always agreeing having your obviously having your own opinion but also I suppose you have to work within the team as well at times, um like everything else in life but but uh, I think we've learned a lot and we have a fairly clear vision of where we want to go and how we see awfully improving over the next maybe three to five years and trying to get back uh, competing at the top level. And over the last few years, it, it obviously hasn't been ideal for Offaly in football or hurling. Where do you think were the main issues in Offaly then? Uh, interesting question, Paul. Um, I suppose looking in from the outside, I I, um, I would have felt we're, we're, we're obviously a small county. Um, we're, uh, we're population-wise and uh, playing from a playing resource point of view we, we, we would have always had small numbers but I suppose what we had was um, we had probably strong strong enough schools uh, particular schools and we had strong club activity you know over over many years our club our club hurling um, and football was very strong particularly our hurling I suppose with Borough you know Borough but even before Borough going back over the years uh, St. Ryan's my own club and 
and then lots of clubs came through Kildare with a great tradition and Clarine and Lusma had won championships so um, we had a very competitive club and a lot of our clubs would be very rural clubs very small populations and we started to, they started to suffer really badly with, with numbers and um, I think you know probably when we were successful we, we didn't build for the future and times changed and uh, you know a lot of changes came into, in, into the coaching structures and and I suppose a lot of a lot of things changed in schools as well, you know, in terms of um, uh, of I suppose other challenges that uh, you know and and core park agreements and things like that. And you had to grasp them, I suppose, and and make sure that we had people in the schools, teachers in schools that could give the time. And I think um, uh, I, I just it just just started to slide. And sometimes when it starts to slide, it's very hard to stop the slide. And um, and I think people were trying really hard. Uh, you know, brought in a lot of different managers. Um, you know, I'm not sure I would have agreed with a lot or maybe some of those appointments over the years, uh, short term, and we were changing management and the structures weren't really there, I felt so. Um, so look, it remains to be seen. I, I, th I think structure is very important. I think, you know, putting in um, a, a coaching model, we had, we had a number of coaches in the county under, under the games uh, development administrator model, and I'd be much bigger supporter of the games promotion officer where they, where they work directly with the clubs and the schools in their area and they're employed primarily by the club um, that pay most of their most of their wages uh, along with Leinster and ourselves obviously and very much become part of the community and help our coaches so I think uh, I think that's that was the model we needed that's the one we're trying to promote now and we have quite a few clubs interested in getting involved in that and uh, and, and and I think some of it then is it's down to confidence as well you know when 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 you start to slide and you start getting beaten and maybe to see a way back um, is very difficult when you when you go from being a learning champion say in 2000 in Hurland to I think this year we're ranked 18th in the country and our footballers are down in division three as well having you know having been Leinster champions back I suppose it's it's 97 now but it would have been reasonably competitive 20 years ago um you know and getting to Leinster finals and all Ireland finals uh to a stage now where we're we're right back in the pack so um I suppose it's not easy to have a vision to see yourself back at the top and um I suppose you have to have that belief and that ambition as far as I'm concerned uh if you don't think you can do it um well, certainly, if we don't think we can do it as administrator, but if the players don't think they can do it, you can't do it. So we have to get that belief, I suppose, structure back in place. And and I think a lot of that just just dissipated over time. And uh, and and um, you know, like and some of it is down to obviously funding and human resource. I think the disparity in funding is look, we could go on about that again all day. Um, but you know, I I just think you know it's just it's just let go too far in terms of of the of the resources put into. Of, into some counties and other counties just accepted their lot and um, but one thing I would say is that you have to help yourself first and I think that's that's kind of where we're coming from in Opti now that we have to have a strategic plan we have to have a vision we have to have a, a part of that is having your own sort of fundraising and sponsorship arm that you can bring in the required funding on top of what you get through your gates and through your through your government or through your uh, GA grants that you actually have that you're helping yourself as well so I think before you look for help from anyone else, you have to get your own house in order, and that's where we're at now. And the domination of the Leinster Championship has been, in, especially in football, has been talked about so much this year, and it doesn't look like they're going to change it. We've seen former West Mean footballer John Canella wearing a, a letter into the Leinster Council. Does it annoy you with the Leinster Championship in football not being changed up or funding being evenly dished out to each country because... The football championship seems a dead duck in Leinster at the moment. Yeah, it, well, it is. It is a dead duck at the moment. It's it's not really annoying, and it's, I think this is where they, I just think where the debate gets a little bit skewed is that you can be you can admire the Dublin football team like I do. I think there's fantastic players. I think some of them or a lot of them would have been great players anyway. Uh, they come from very strong GA backgrounds themselves, and you know if you look at the James McCarthys and Dean Rocks and and the Brogans and lots more of them, their dads were all great players, and um, but. It's it's much more complex than that, and uh, and John Canellan, I suppose, would have the ability to articulate that maybe better than most. But I would agree wholeheartedly with where he's going, and we as a county and Offaly would agree. And I would have raised the issue many times in the media over the years. And it's not a, I think the, the difficulty is when you raise raise it as a concern or as an issue, you're seen as being anti-Dublin, or you know, or you, or you can't accept that you know that they, they work really hard and they're very good players, and all that which we do respect, but. The, the glaring inadequacy is that that they're actually they are funded more than any other county uh, and they, they also at this stage that my my simple view would be that they don't need it that they have 
progressed from a stage where they, where they did definitely need an investment and they got it. And they got, they got huge investment from, from Leinster, from government uh, into their games. And, and, and you'd have to give them huge, you'd have to have huge respect and admiration for what they did. And John Costello has done a marvellous job in Dublin. Like he went into areas, areas where it wasn't necessarily huge GA and got into clubs and got into schools and built it from there. Um, and they built a model that uh, I suppose if every other county could replicate it, uh, you know, uh, pro rata to their own county, um, you'd be on a winner. But we can't do it because we don't have the funding to do it. Um, even though we are trying, we're, 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 we're putting pressure on, uh, you know, to, to, to that we can get to that level. But um, if we had 10 or 12 coaches against Dublin 60 or 70, you know, we, we'd be happy. But I suppose the, the scenario is now that, um, the scenario is now that Dublin have gone there. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they have built their own uh, base uh, at both club and county level. Like you have clubs in Dublin. Uh, now we, we have a performance coach here in Offaly for the last number of years who did a fantastic job. Dave Hare is his name. He actually left us before Christmas to go to a club in Dublin. And that wouldn't be granted. That would just be, that, so that, that's a club in Dublin with their own full-time performance uh, coach. I know other clubs in Dublin have that as well, as well as their GPO, who's their, who's their players coach, if you like, their, their skills coach. They're, they're now also employing uh, uh, performance coaches, which strength and conditioning coaches, that we don't even, we at the present don't have a coach, a strength and conditioning coach in Offaly, and clubs in Dublin have. So if anyone can see that that's not fair and it's stunting the progress and it's, it's an advantage to Dublin, well, then they're, they're not living in the real world as far as I'm concerned. And, um, and so, you know, when you see the sort of money that Dublin can generate through sponsorship and none of that would have happened for only for all the work they did. And that's what I'm saying. Like you, you can admire that on one hand, but, by, but now you can also see that at this stage, they don't need the support. They can fund that themselves from their own resource. I think they made 2.6 or 7 million in 2019 in profit. And they have loads of full-time staff from John, they have a full-time head of strength and conditioning, Brian Cullen, the commercial manager, Mossy Quinn. They have loads of office staff. We have one full-time uh, administration, administration staff in, in Offaly. And, and I think that's where people, uh, this, is, this, is not, this is not made up. This is the fact that Dublin are disproportionately funded. And, uh, and, and that for, for people not to acknowledge that to me uh, is, is, is not on. And, uh, and, and until it's acknowledged, it's very hard to do anything about it. So I'm delighted with, with John. I was actually talking to him yesterday and we'll certainly, um, we'll certainly be, be, be putting uh, John's views to our clubs. They've already been sent out to the clubs, but we'll be, uh, I would imagine we'll be getting in behind uh, John's motion for Congress next year and uh, supporting it. And is it the case where you think the Leinster Championship structure needs to be changed or just simply the funding? Well, look, it's not all about funding at this stage. Like, I suppose with Dublin's population uh, advantage as well, and now that they have got their act together, um, it's going to make it more difficult to beat Dublin. Um, but, you know, if it's down to ability or whatever, I suppose you have to believe, like in, in the years we were successful, we always had a small pick as well, and we depended on maybe getting a group of players together, uh, maybe a very good minor team or whatever, and keeping all of them hers. You know, the likes of, excuse me, Dublin and Hurling or Kilkenny when they were going really well in, in Hurling, Dublin football, those counties, you know, they only have to bring in an odd player, bring in one player a year. And, and you can see how the Dublin team has even changed over the last, you know, even seven or eight years. Like it looks like it's the same team, but it's, really, it's not the one, it's not a generational thing. This is a number of generations. There's a lot of players have come in. Um, so they will always have those advantages. And, um, you know, whether it's a Leinster Championship or not, like I think the football, I think it's well worth trying maybe structuring the, the football championship on the, on the national leagues uh, where you get your seven matches and you progress through and whatever. Um, I think that may be tried uh, after Congress this year. There'll be something, I think there will be some changes tried. But outside the structure, at the same time, no matter what structure you have, you're going to have to come to a stage where you have to beat, beat the Dublins of this world. And, uh, and I suppose that's, as I said, that goes back then to, to getting, I suppose, a, a core group of players together in a county like Offaly that actually believes that you can do it. And, 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 and training to that level and committing your lives to it because Dublin do all that. Like the Dublin players are hugely committed. Um, you know, I always would have said as a player, well, I can, there's nothing stopping me being as fit as any other player in Ireland. And, you know, but Dublin do prepare, but they have a huge support structure around that. But so we have to try to put that support structure around. We have to look after players as well as we can, but you have to get players to buy in. And the difficulty there is that players aren't stupid. And, you know, and they say Dublin are up there, we're here, how are we ever going to beat them? And you want to be half mad in your head, like maybe you have to be to be successful to, to, to go and say we'll topple these lads uh, if we put in 
five years of, of the work at their level or three years or five years or 10 years or whatever it's going to take. So, um, so, so like you, you, you won't, you won't equalize it by equalizing the funding, but you'll make it a, le a more level playing field and you'll be fairer to everybody taking part. And, you know, I think that's, that should be a basic principle of the GEA. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, this thing, a group and counties and all that, that's a non-runner, like you play for your county. And, but, but, but I think if, if you give us all at least a level playing field financially, and structurally, uh, and then at the end of the day, then like nobody, it's up, it's up to, uh, it's up to us then to produce our players to that level, and that's why the smaller counties are never going to win. The, you know, your your Cork and Kenny and Tip have won the majority of hurling all Ireland, and you know your Dublin Kerrys have won the majority of football. That's always, but at least it gives you hope that at some stage you might be able to bring a team through, uh, generationally or every ten or twenty years that can nab an all Ireland, and that, I suppose that's where the hope springs eternal. And the managers you have with the awfully senior footballers and the awfully senior areas like John Mahon, a great man to have in charge, Michael Finley, it must please you as a chairman looking at two managers like that over both the awfully senior teams. Yeah, I think, uh, I suppose, uh, two, 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 I suppose, huge GA uh, personalities really in their own right, uh, at probably at different stages of their managerial career. Uh, John Mahon has, um, I suppose, almost 30 years now, 92, he won the Munster Championship with Clare, which was a phen phenomenal achievement at the time. And he was a great player as well. His career cut short with, with, with a very se serious knee injury. But, but I've known John a long time and yeah, he, he does. He brings, he brings, a, he brings, brings great confidence and great charisma, I think, uh, uh, to, to the role and has done with many teams over the years. And, uh, has, you know, I suppose he's a, he, he ultimately maybe didn't win not earned with Mayo or whatever, but geez, he was so close and so close with at club level as well. And um, but then he had that great success with with Clare. Um, but you know, it is great. It's it's great to have him. Like when he came up to Offaly first a couple of years ago, things were in a bad way, and he's really steadied the ship. And you know, um, you know, there's there's thirty five or six lads on the panel. There's probably another. There's lads who want to be on the panel. There's a you know there's a there's an appetite there now to be involved. Um, and obviously our, our our minor team was in the in the Leinster final this year, both hurling and football, they're both in the Leinster finals whenever they take place um, after the lockdown. But our 20s over the last couple of years and maybe beaten early by Mead and Kildare. Um, but you can see that, 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 that there's, there, there's a, you know, that there, there's improvements happening and great to have John there. And Michael, I suppose, on the other hand, uh, one of the, I suppose, one of the greatest hurlers we'll, we'll ever likely to see and to start off his manager, managerial career in Offaly. And last year, as I said earlier, was a, was a big disappointment for everybody. In the Chris Ring, but I think Michael would have learned a lot. You know, it's his first first management job, and um, he was inheriting us was a panel. And where we were in Offaly was, I suppose, we we had a number of young lads who were very young, and then maybe a number of other lads at, at different stages. But the, this year's panel now, um, there, I think there's 13 players, 21 or under on on the on the panel, and there's a there's a, a real rebuilding process there, uh, and. Uh, and Michael and his selectors have gone for for a very youthful look, not not discounting the you know the, the older lads that are good enough as well, but um, but you can sense I think a, a real excitement um, even even over the last couple of months and while the lockdown is on, but the, you, you know I uh, my own son is on the panel and you can you can you can you can sense that the determination there. You can see how hard they're working on working on their own, obviously, but but you know plenty of Zoom calls and that type of thing as well. But um, so look, it's a long way back. But I think you know that um, that you know we had reasonably good under twenty teams the last couple of years, beaten by Dublin last year, this year, or beaten by Wexford uh, last year, having beaten Dublin in, in the Leinster Championship, which was a big win, and this year lost to Dublin by six points. And you know, it's supposed to change. Been very disappointed that we lost, that the performance wasn't up to what we would have maybe expected. Uh, and um, uh, but you can see some really decent players coming through and again reminders in a, in a Leinster final um, and some very good lads coming in behind them as well, some 15, 16 year olds. So it's a work in progress and it's going to take time, but I think it is very important to have managers of that calibre. It's important that you know John is there now in his third year, Michael is only in his second year, but that we give give these people a chance to, you know, I think one of the things we've we've done is in Offaly is we've, we've even in my time playing, we got rid of managers very, very quickly, you know, um, uh, you know, year on year at times, and I think you know if, if you if you um, if you believe in the people, you have to give them a chance to make an impression, and and particularly during these times that it, you know where where we've basically Michael came in last year and was locked down for for most of the year, and it's it's difficult, particularly in his situation, at least 
John had a couple of years under his belt with the lads, you know. Um, but no, no, it is it, it is good. It is good from the lad. I think it is good for the lads, for the players and the young players in particular to to be listening to uh, listen to people like that and uh, that that have achieved at the, at the highest level. And obviously, with the level five lockdown now as well, um, it's so hard to know when the Allianz leagues are even going to be. Maybe the end of March or start of April, but can can you see the Allianz leagues going ahead? Um, I'd be honest with you. Even before this, um, before level three, before Christmas, I would have talked to to maybe one or two leading officials about having the leagues at all this year, just from a purely logistics point of view. That I just felt, and the cost of it and, and everything as well, with no crowds. I just I, I was finding it hard to see the motivation. And now I've kind of changed my mind a bit now because I'm kind of looking at it from that's what I do. I sometimes you, and you, you can't. There's nothing wrong with changing your mind as well. By the way, a lot of people find it hard to do, but um, I I would have felt winter, you know, back training in January, February, um, with the with the restrictions and one player traveling in cars and then going to matches, which we had experience of before Christmas. Like we went to Newry two weeks in a row. Uh, with maybe a convoy of 40, 40 or 50 cars and stopping in, the, in, you know, in a service station to try to get a bit of food. And, all that. and I just thought it wasn't, it wasn't what it's about, if you know what I mean. Part, county lads you know, getting together, going on the bus, having a bit of crack and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, but then on the other hand, I was sort of saying, like, still a few enough matches in the year. You know, and if you lose the league, then it is our second biggest competition. So I was kind of, I suppose I, I was I was fifty fifty on it even before Wave Three, but I think now the way things have gone in the trend, uh, it, it's getting you know it's going to be it's it's going to be getting tight. And no guarantee that maybe restrictions will be lifted on the on the fifth of March. Now, I know county players are elite, but if figures are high and you have so many people that that's involved in every train session, you know at every age group, like you're still a lot of people circulating. And um, so I would say it's becoming more unlikely. Um, um, but at the same time, I'd say there, there, there is like the groups. It's already been um, the football had been had been reconstructed into just groups of four, uh, with with only three matches. Um, well, guaranteed three matches and, and maybe more to win it. But um, you know, it may or may not. I'd say it's fifty fifty at, at the moment. And um, and look, I think I think once we get, if we if we were guaranteed to get a championship and and maybe start to move out of this and maybe. Um, maybe I'm dreaming now get a few people back at matches which makes an awful difference like I just found that so so strange last year um, doing the commentaries it was great to be there I was in a very privileged position to be to be at some of the big games last year but um, it, I think it takes a lot from the from the from the actual matches themselves uh, you know uh, the, the, the crowds are so important that you can't beat the, the the advice from the stands. Sometimes it's fairly agricultural, but but it's 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 it's. I think it's a big loss uh, to the matches. But anyway, I'm not. Uh, I take I take them with no crowds as well. But you know, I think I think if we look, if we can get back and play in a few, and it makes such a difference, and and uh, and, and I do think it's the right way to go. There was a lot of talk of put the county in the second half, but then we, we probably would have had no club activity this year then because there's no chance of clubs opening up in the next while anyway. You know, getting back training so. So ideally, I think if we got a couple of club league matches, great. Get our championship and get our club players back trained in April, May. Give them a couple of months of maybe league matches before the championship in the second half of the year. And please God, this time next year that we're looking to a full split season with everything back in in order. But we don't know, Paul. It's as simple as that. Yeah, a hard thing now is will counties go back before the restrictions are lifted. We, we, we all know what can happen last year. You heard the stories of counties already back before restrictions. Do you still think it's going to happen throughout the country with the way things are? Um, I don't know, Paul. I would have been disappointed. I, I kind of raised that last year that, you know, it was, it was like, I, I just couldn't understand it and had them discussions here, very straight discussions with John and Michael and other underage managers. And like, it's not easy for them because where the difficulty arises is if other counties are doing it. And, you're you're now putting you're now being asked to put your county at a disadvantage, even though you're you're doing the right thing, and and that that didn't sit well with me. But we had no issue. We didn't train, and it's great to be able to look back now and say we never trained once under under the restrictions, um, and um, you know you'd be hoping that that it wouldn't, particularly now that it has been so serious. I think uh, you know it's a pity it had to lead to that maybe for for counties because there were counties. There was stories of counties being back there over the last you know over December and early January, which is. Again, it's anecdotal. I don't have any proof, and I'm not looking for any proof. And it's not up to me to judge; it's up to themselves. But there was a number of counties obviously caught, um, so I think that's it's hugely disappointing because it's sending out the real 
wrong message. Um, it's, it's like you're saying, it's first of all, to your players and, and to young players to say that, look, this is a national emergency, the pandemic here, but we're going to break the rules anyway. So, you know, I, I just think, I just think that was a, that was an awful thing to do, and anyone that did it, and why, where the motivation, and I I can see firsthand, you, like it's not ideal, but you can do plenty of work on your own, and you can get it done, and it's just it's for a short space of time, um, in relative terms. I know none of us expected to be maybe this long, but but if if it's a year out of out of out of a career, and you have to do it, well, you have to do it. That's it, um. So, you know, I I. I'd be surprised if, if counties went back this time um, because I don't think it'd be accepted in their communities. You know, I think there was a bit of a nod and a wink and, uh, you know, things weren't as bad and, uh, you know, uh, certainly the variants weren't as bad and there wasn't as many cases. Like we've had more cases in January than we had in the whole since last March combined. So, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it and you'd be hoping that, that, uh, that managers wouldn't be wouldn't be putting pressure on their on their county boards to go back um, but you couldn't guarantee it that's unfortunately the world we're in and your own awfully career you must look back at that with great satisfaction um yeah i suppose, it, I suppose we do I, I, not a thing we look at I, last year we last year was 25 years since we won the the 94 all ireland so we we had a bit of a get together and um in May last year, we had a, a, a lunch in, in, in Tullamore Court, um, a big crowd at a great day. And like that, that, that team, strange enough, that I played with in the 90s, I played in the 80s as well, uh, with, with probably a, a different team with the, with the, the 80, 85. I came on in 86, they'd won the Ireland in 85. We won the minor Ireland in 86. So I played with, the, with a lot of the old team for a number of years. I won a few Leinster's with them. Um, but the team in the 90s, I suppose, I'd be most, most established with, with winning the two all Irelands. Uh, but we wouldn't get together that often. Have a, we'd all be get on very well and all that. But it'd be just kind of a low key enough bunch of lads. Um, I went off and made a name for myself at, by talking nonsense at times. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of lads were very low profile, and and uh, but we'd be we'd all be very close when we get together. So we had that event, and then we went on holidays last September uh, or the, the previous September um, uh, prior to to COVID. We went to Portugal for for a week, and it was just it was brilliant, and and. It, it did. It brought. I think all that time brought back a lot of memories. Not something you'd spend, sit down every day looking back on, but brought back. I suppose. I mean, you look at the context of where we are now. Like that, we were, were in Leinster finals every second year, and we were, or every year we were in a, competing in a number of all Irelands and winning all Irelands and winning Leinsters. Um, it was, and I suppose it, that, that's kind of what we expected at the time. Um, you know, and I suppose thank the team of the eighties, the football footballers of the seventies. I suppose made the breakthrough first in the early seventies and. And then the '82 football, but the, the hurler, hur, awfully winning the Leinster in 1980, I suppose, was the big breakthrough. Um, Parry Corn from St. Ryan's Bay own club was captain, and uh, Damien Martin was in goals, the first All Star, and Aidan Fogarty was on it. And you know, so they were the lads when I, I was 12 years of age at that stage, uh, having been born in '68. So I was kind of born into that. Um, to go back to where we were talking about earlier, like, and the lads now are being born into a completely different scenario. So, so we had that little bit of belief and expected that that's the level that we'd compete at, and. Uh, it's amazing. It's like it's like coaching young lads. Uh, when I got involved in the club here, when I moved to live here, playing in B championships, that I had no time for it. I felt, how are you going to be ever be an A? You know. So we competed and we got hammered for a number of years, but we ended up winning two minors and an under twenty there a couple of years ago uh, at A level. So I think, you know, that that's where you have to kind of set out your stall. And uh, and as I say, the school the school scene was very strong at the time and awfully uh, in bo- in both Borough and in Banner Vocational School in, in Brendan's Community School in Borough, and. Uh, we won a couple of minor all-irons at that stage as well so it was like it, it was probably you know a gifted bunch came together and then uh and then we, we i think some people argue we didn't win as much as we should have won um with the, with the talent we had which is a fair uh i suppose when you look we we did win uh the couple of all-irons and won five leinsters and um it's not a bad haul but i suppose that was the that was the level we were we were uh taught of that, that maybe we could have won more but i i you know that's another day's work. I think that nineties, yeah, great teams. Wexford came and won. Aaron Clare came and won too, and you still had your tips of Kilkenny's and Corks winning, and Galway were always there thereabouts. And um, so it was a, it was it was a strong era. But to, to go back to your original, yeah, it does it 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 is it does give you great satisfaction. But I always tempered with where we are now, and I'd, I you know I'd love to I'd love to see us getting back there. I don't think we should have fallen. You know, I'm not saying we were always going to be at that level, but I don't think we should have fallen to where we are. Um, so 
and I think, look, you can't really be looking back that far now. We have to kind of get more realistic and look at where we are now. And I don't think it's helpful now to be saying we won, you know, we were a learning champ. That's, that's, a diff that's two generations ago now, or three generations ago. I think we have to focus that we're actually, we're now a Christy Ring team and we're a Division Three team in football. And where do we go and how do we get out of here? And, uh, and then, it, you know, maybe when we, when we start making progress, then maybe we can feed into that that may be all tradition and success, but that that's that's dead and buried now. We have to be so realistic that we are where we are now. And in your own career, like making the likes of Brian William and these lads in training, it must have just really helped you, like playing in the '94 finals and '98. Um, it 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 did. Uh, it wasn't something you'd be looking forward to now. Uh, Mark, Mark, you mentioned Brian there. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It, 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 there was no doubt. It was. It was brilliant. It, look, they were great players, and and I, that's why I look back at more fondly. I suppose the, the, the great players. I often, I'd often be just just the skill level of some of the lads, and 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 fierce sound fellas as well. You know, sort of down to fellas that were just naturally. Like Brian was just a natural genius, and and the Dooleys and John Shry and people like that, and 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 you sort of had the the ferocity then of the Hanemies and Keenans and determination of Johnny Pilkington and. You know, um, it was incredible, I suppose. But makes a team different, different personalities. But, but yeah, like Mark and the lads in training, like your options were were I suppose Brian Whelan on one side, uh, or Kevin Martin on the other. When Kevin came, Kevin Kevin didn't come into the squad till probably ninety three or four as a twenty year old. And um, you know, but before that, Jared Coughlin and the likes of the Eugene Coughlin that I would have started out with were, that were all stars as well. And um, you know, Billy Dooley would often say he. Billy came in as a good player and he always played right corner for and he'd be on Martin Hanemi in training and you know it was ferocious between the two of them every night and it was always the two of them but it brought on Billy Billy won all, two All-Stars in a row in 94 and 95 there's no way he would have got to that level without Mark and Hanemi because Hanemi every training session was an All-Ireland final that's just the way he was every ball was in training was as important as, as, as the ball in the championship and um, so 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 that was it was it was, it was huge and um uh, and we weren't all at that level, so you know you had to get up to a level. But you also, you know, you had to understand you weren't. But 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 if you were doing fairly well in training on a Brian Whelan or on a Martin Hanemi or or a Hubert Rigney, Kevin Keenan, you you were you were well prepared for 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 the battle. Um, and um, and it was you know just the, the, the also like skill and ability is one thing, but also the confidence to actually do it on the big day and the mindset and the mental strength and different players had different qualities like that throughout the squad um that brought different things to the table so you were drawn and all of those things without probably even knowing it um because there was there wasn't that much joined up thinking that time in terms of that sort of psychology or that sort of preparation but, but we kind of would have probably done it naturally and i suppose the one thing i always say is that we had so much fun as well which uh, i think lads do as well now i think that's over that i think that's that that's not true that people said they don't have crack of course they have great crack now any team that you're into to that level and the bond you had there's great bit of fun and a bit of crack and a bit of slagging but, but we had uh, we had a lot of great characters and and very droll personalities and at time the, the one thing was different there was there was obviously a little bit more downtime at that particular time and after league matches you know you you go for a few pints and uh, of a Sunday evening after the match and that that's all gone now um but you know that that probably wasn't as rampant as people thought either. But there, there was definitely a downtime, and because we were successful, uh, we we went on we went on a number of unbelievable holidays. Uh, they only kind of came in. Was it? I think it was January '91. We'd won three Leinsters in a row in '88, '90. We got a, a one week holiday in the Canaries in January '91. That was the first holiday we ever went on, and um, that was a very young, quite a young squad. There was a few of the older lads still there, but. Uh, that was great crack and 94 then we won the Ireland. we went to florida january 95 then we the following year we went to uh well, 94 did we go after we went to we went to cape town after 98 the following year and we went to thailand another holiday we went back to the canaries after 95 that's right we went for two weeks this time as if a week wasn't i actually went for a week i said i wouldn't stick two weeks i went for a week but it was uh but they're like they're they're really the things you remember you, you remember your the, the matches and the days sometimes I do they kind of flow into I play, you play so many matches at all grades and all that over the years you remember some of them and bits of them and all that but you remember those times and, and the holidays and the, and the friendships and, and, and to reacquaint and last year uh, with all the 
wives and partners and the lads again was 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 brilliant and I think that's what you'll always have I suppose that's I suppose that that's the maybe thing that you, you have that All Ireland uh, medal now and that you know you'll always have it and you'll always have that bond with that group of players and um, I think what Joe Dooley said one time he asked Dara O'Shea how many All Ireland medals he had and Dara said you geez, you wouldn't count them in one hand because he had six he said you wouldn't count them in. and then Joe said how many and he said I have six and Joe says Joe has three which we're reminded of often enough. Most of us have two. Joe has three. Um, so Joe said, Joe, Joe made the, the, the famous statement that three in Offaly was more than six in Kerry. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you take the point. Um, so, you know, when you, when you do come from a small county, so having a couple of others is, 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 um, is a nice thing to look back on. And the finals involved in 94 and 98, so much drama um, coming back from the dead against Limerick. But then Jimmy Cooney blowing up the... Whistle lady against Claire must have caused so much drama as a player as well. Yeah, we had we had uh, so we had that. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but we were involved in, in that, like and go back to the footballers in eighty two as well with that, with Seamus Darby. We were were involved in some of the most famous All Irelands as well. Um, the ninety four one, um, the ninety four was 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 so peculiar. Um, I I'd been injured in the Leinster final and uh, I didn't start in the semi final. I played the whole Leinster final. I got hurt early enough there, but anyway, we'll go into that now. But I, I ended up not starting the semi final, and I came on against Galway with maybe with ten or twelve minutes to go, and I got three chances of points, and I got one, I got two easy chances, and I hit one into the goalie and one wide, and I got one very hard chance, and I put it over, and I was sent to myself if I scored the three, and they couldn't leave me off for the final because um, I was saying, look, I'll be back on for the final, and then I kind of got aggravated the injury, so Eamon Cregan came to me before the final, and he says, look you're not fully right and you missed a bit of training and when you came on the last day and all that and I said oh Jesus don't tell me after all these years now I'm not going to the first I learned we've we've got to and I was there since 86 and uh, so I was left off so I was I was massively disappointed and uh, um, it took me a few days to get my head around it uh, there was no throwing the ties out of the Premier but I was I was gutted now and uh, but, by, but by the final I, I came around so I spent I spent probably 45 or 50 I think it was on for 20 25 minutes um and we were four or five points down or whatever when I came on but I spent a lot of time on watching the match from the sideline and uh it was a, it was the most peculiar match after he started reasonably well and then Limerick kind of took over and uh it, you know um I, and I'd never really watched it again and not that, sometime last year during the lockdown I looked at it again because I in my own head it was that Limerick sort of dominated the game and whatever but it it, it wasn't that simple like they never really got away from us and um, as I say go back to my point watching the game and I was sort of saying that we could do this and this and it's an off, it's a thing I often say at the subs now let's watch the game and because and read it because when you come on if you're watching it you should be you should be able to make a bigger impression than you know it, because you can nearly see what's where the weaknesses are what's happening on the field and uh, and come on then and we while Limerick arguably were and were the better team and 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 maybe should have been slightly further ahead. They didn't really look that convincing that they'd awfully put away and, uh, and and you were kind of waiting for the spark. Having said that, um, if you got an awful lot of chances again, would it ever happen the way it did? Probably not. And 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 I always I always sort of call it call it straight is the Dooleys all Ireland, like really at the end of the day, um, to have three brothers, three lads out of one house in the one forward line. And then to make such a contribution in in all the final, Johnny went for the goal, first of all, having been told to put it over the bar, um, but he knew there was no point. A point at that stage was no was no good, and he buried that. Joe had got a goal earlier in the game, following up a penalty from Johnny. He followed it in, and we practiced that an awful lot in training. And Joe was off to mark like a flash and, and flicked it in. Um, what did they score between them? I think two twelve between them. They actually scored the same between them when they won the first county senior hurling final. The bet was in the final in eighty eight. Um, but I thought that that was a massive. Like you talk about the after achievements, and, and obviously, uh, like some of the other, like Brian Whelan was was majestic the same day, and different players. But but the Dooleys were were incredible that day, and it was it was it was some comeback. It's hard to believe looking back at it, and the way the game changed so quickly, and we ended up winning it so easily in the end. And uh, the longer it went on, the more we were going to win it by. So that was that one. Ninety five, um, Clare beat us in the final, and you know it, it was a great Clare team, and and they made a breakthrough and fair play to them. We would probably would have been very unhappy with our performance in that final um, and kind of maybe the opposite year before we left Clare in it like you know we had a few 
we were couple when the piles were up and we had four or five great chances. And again, I never watched it and I watched it again during the lockdown and um we had low scoring and never really got going. But fair play to Claire to come from where they came from, having that wooden iron in so long. So look, there's no begrudgery and they were they were they were worthy winners. Um but we were beginning to slip down by ninety eight age profile wise and and you know and the whole but the whole year like from Babs coming in and taking over and you know initially going really well with us and then the falling out and and Claire, you know, had their own troubles in Munster that year with Waterford and sending offs and suspensions. Brian Lohan was suspended and then Gerald Nam was in full flow that summer and there was conspiracy theories and there was all sorts of things. And I don't, Jesus, it was, it was just mad that it all went on in one year. And then we went and played them the first day and we, had, we thought we had it won. We were a point up and well into injury time and there was a, a free given that... Um, Nobody really seems seems to know why the free was given, and Jamesy popped it over, draw a match. Then the second day uh, was the was the week after the Omer bombing, and uh, you know a, a terrible event that happened. Obviously, part of our history now. Um, but there was a the re, the replay was on a Saturday, and I, I remember saying to to some of the some of the county board officials at the time that lads, this is the first time we ever played in Dublin on a Saturday. That this is way different than coming up on a Sunday even though there's crowds at the match and that, but logistically it's, it's completely different. But we got it all wrong and we only arrived in Crow Park about 15 minutes before the start of the game. And then there was a, there was a minute silence for, for the Clare, uh, for the, sorry, for, for the Clare team. No, that was later in the year. There was a minute silence for the Oma bombing and we, there was black armbands on. And we only barely bet it out in the field for this thing. Uh, it was mayhem. And next thing we were 10 or 11 points down. Um, she started okay for some reason. We got a couple of points and then just, Bang and Claire hit us and they were, and and the and the game went on then and we looked dead and buried and we came back into it and we were a couple of points down there when it was when it was blown up and uh, looked it was most surreal experience uh, I was actually up to I should have been sent off first of all probably twice actually that day I got away with murder and uh, uh, so I have to thank Jimmy for that <laughs> and then and 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 then after the game was the first one up to him to give out to him uh, which is. Not easy viewing, looking back at it now. I spoke to him about it. I met him at Galway Rest a few years ago and we had a, we had a great chat because he went through hell that time, you know, and, and it was terrible what he was put through. It was an innocent mistake. He he just, he, he was, he timed it as a league match, really, a 30 minute half plus the injury time and it was 35 minutes. So there was actually five minutes to go, uh, including injury time. Um, but then when I was finished giving out to him, I just went in to dress him and talked in and myself and Johnny Pilkin were upstairs. Uh, the players' lounge had only come in around that time up having a beer and uh, we were looking out and saying, what the hell is going on here? And next thing, all the crowd out in the field. And, um, you know, it was just, it, what, what that did for us, I actually think we would have got the replay anyway. Um, but we well, we would have got it if we looked for it because under rule we had to get it because the game wasn't played to its full time under the actual rule. But maybe they wouldn't have looked at it if the crowd hadn't come up. But what it did was, more, more importantly than that, it created a, a massive bond between the supporters and the players. And really after that, we felt... We can't lose now. We we owe the supporters like what they did, and even the following week we trained. On, uh, we trained in Turles one of the nights because the replay, the second replay was in Turles. But we trained one night in Offaly the following week, just a bit of a poke around, and a massive crowd arrived to train. Now normally we wouldn't have that. I know that Kilkenny used to maybe have that when they were going well, but we 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 get a handful in every night watching us training. But there was one that that particular night there was a massive crowd came to training and 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 they kind of. They converged around the dugout. We were going off the field after training, and a big roar went up. And uh, like so, there was no way that we could that we could could not win the All Ireland after, as far as we were concerned. And but Clare still had to be beaten. And uh, and in fairness to Clare, at that stage, now uh, whatever about ninety five, when they said, you know, maybe we could have better, but by ninety eight, they were a serious outfit. And you know, uh, they'd beaten Tip twice in ninety seven to win the All Ireland. And um, and you know, Colin Lynch was missing; he was suspended. We felt he might have been let back a kind of a, but I suppose not that simple. You can't just let him back. But, you know, and Brian Lohan was still out injured. And still, Jesus, we had a, a savage game with him in, in Turles. And again, Joe Dooley again that day. Brian Whelan was again brilliant. But all the lads were, uh, Stephen Byrne in the goals made two brilliant saves. Joe got five from play at, he must have been 35 or six at that stage. Probably one of, probably his best ever game for Offaly. And, uh, and we won that. And then once we won that, then I suppose the All Ireland has kind of been forgotten about. We bet Kilkenny. In the Ireland final, which uh, sometimes I said that game was forgotten. It was a great game, which it was. It was a phenomenal game of hurling, um, and um, and we beckoned Kenny in the final. But I suppose it was a bit overshadowed by what went on 
during the year. But uh, but I, I genuinely, and I would probably never felt this before, I actually didn't think we could lose the other in the final. I, th- I thought there was no way. That wasn't overconfident. I just th- didn't think. And, and um, you know, we, while the game at times was tight and close and all that, but like... Uh, it, there was a, there was. I think everyone felt that there was no way we were going to lose after the year we had, and and we ended up winning winning it. Um, and you know, it was a lot, even though we had great days after, we bet Cork in ninety nine in the All Ireland. Sorry, ninety nine Cork bet us in the All Ireland semi final. Um, nineteen points to sixteen. They scored the last three points of the game. It was sixteen all, and they went on and won the All Ireland. And the following year, then when we were really on our last legs in two thousand, we came back and bet them in the All Ireland semi final. And um, Kilkenny bet as well in the final. 515 to 114 and it was a pity that we got beaten so well because I don't think they reflected in the game and it was my last game for Offaly it was Joe Dooley's last game for Offaly Martin Hanneman and Billy Dooley had gone in 99 after the Cork game um, but but they were, sorry yeah after we got bet in 99 but the 2000 Cork game um, it was great to, that's a game that means an awful lot to, to us as well as a group because it was one last brilliant but we mustered it from somewhere you know and the second half that day was was unbelievable the hurling in it was outrageous again Whelan gave one of the best displays I've ever seen John Troy the year before against Brian Cork they robbed him a couple of times like a piece of skill that you'd never see you'd, they'll never be seen again you know the, those lads could do things that, that that were unbelievable so um so yeah so it's 20 years ago now so it's um it's definitely in the memory bank but the great memories the great memories to have you're after reviving a few of them there today Paul so fair play to you and like from your time playing to being involved briefly uh, in inter-county management, club management, and on-call commentary. It must shock you in one way, the way the game has evolved with management teams, and now we're seeing the different styles Limerick and loads of different teams have implemented over the last few years. Yeah, I suppose, the first thing I'd say is I've been very lucky, you know, that um, from the time I started out, uh, seven or eight years of age, I suppose, Hurling uh, has been massive part of my life and uh, I played football for Offaly as well and I loved it and I played a good bit of rugby and played, all sports I love sport and I and I still do um, so which, which is it's been a great great I suppose great passage through life with it um, and I suppose what being involved as a player I then right through is even from the time I started with, with Offaly as an 18 year old I finished up at you know in my 30s saw a lot of changes and then I suppose uh, going straight into RT after them as an analyst and I suppose primarily as a co-commentator now um, have been very lucky to see the evolution of the game um, for better or for worse I think some of it is obviously fantastic um, like you know the, the whole sports science area like we would have trained really hard uh, particularly in my latter years um, but you'd wonder now if a lot of it you know was misguided and whatever now I loved it I loved hard training I thought it said a lot about the person um, I always felt a lot who'd opt out and train it, opt out in the match, it let you down. So when you saw the Martin Hannibys of this world or the Joe Dooley's and, you know, and particularly as we got older, we were still up leading the runs and setting the standard. I think you learn a lot about the psyche of players, but it's obviously all changed now and the physique and the athleticism and all that, which is brilliant. Um, I think even the, the the hurls now that the lads use or hurlies, I call them a hurl, when it's another debate. Um, I think they're obviously way better and the bosses are much bigger and, and the striking, but I think that some of that is down to that. Some was down to the actual physique of the lads and the fitness levels and the power. Um, so you get the high scoring games. You know, there'd be times you'd be lamenting some of the defending and the reason you heard me over the years. Like I wouldn't be, a, wouldn't have been a fan of the sweeper. I think it works to an extent. Uh, I do what I do with myself as the manager. Of course, I would on a particular day, maybe with a gale force wind and things like that. You have to adapt to the conditions. But as a way of playing in the level playing field, I think it's very negative. I think you're basically saying to the team we're playing. We can't beat you. I know that's a little bit romantic, but only one team can win at the end of the match. Only one team can win the All Ireland. So you know you can go in and take that view with a county as certain managers have done over the years, and keep the scoreline down and protect your backs. But you've no chance of winning because these very good teams will find a way from out the field to destroy you. And you saw that with um, you know you can see that with, with with the likes of Limerick now and and and. Galway and different like over, scoring over 30 points routinely like um, you know which is so they'll just hit you from out the field and then if you drag men out they'll hit you inside and that's and that's the way it should be but so so I'd have to say it's been it's it's, it's been a privilege in, in many ways to see because I think we, we've also seen the best team of all time in Kilkenny uh, that Kilkenny team uh, that 
that one four that tip stop for winning five what that era was uh, seven six seven eight and nine was was a phenomenal team um i saw the cork team in five and six uh they probably brought the running game uh you know with the o'connors and and tom kenny and the great halfback line with Sean Ogan and, and Ronan Corn and John Gardner and the Rocket full back and Don Logan, great personalities. Wayne Sherlock, um, one of the best players, very underrated, great player. But anyway, that's that core team, that great Kilkenny team. Um, you know, when you look back on them and say some of the days, like TJ Reid coming on as a sub and uh, Richie Power maybe not starting some of the days and Eddie Brennan in the early days. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the range of players that they had and and like the likes of Owen Larkin that we hear about Henry and obviously Tommy and JJ and like Noel Hickey, Michael Cavanagh, Jackie, all them like phenomenal players and uh, and Chaff Fitzpatrick who came and went you know in on his own terms but Fenley and uh, Derek Ling like that that was a that was an incredible team um, uh, to watch and then watch Tip coming and beating them with 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 Lara and he's you know the flamboyancy maybe an Emil O'Shea with the youthfulness of that 2010 team. And then I thought they were going to win a lot of all Ireland. Kilkenny came back and won three in a row again, you know, which was which was incredible. And um, Davy with Clare and in thirteen, um, and again a very young team, you know, with Shane O'Donnell and Tony Kelly and and it's not it's hard to believe no them that were so young that time. And and then they didn't they didn't bounce on from from there either because uh, it's not easy. But I I think. Um, you know, you, you, and, and then Liam coming back with Tip again and winning again, and McRae winning. Who was delighted to see McRae winning Ireland with Tip? So I've seen all that, and 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 to see this Limerick team coming now, who've who've again, uh, I suppose, uh, finessed the, the the style again to another level in terms of, of possession and and but but you know where where I I wouldn't be maybe mad about about some of it. I'd have huge admiration because to play the game, I think this is where people go wrong. And have gone wrong over the last maybe twenty years when you're training club teams or whatever. Um, you can't play like that unless you have players that can play the game to that level. And this is this is what kills me. There's, there's teams trying to play with sweepers because it's odd and telly. But the sweeper doesn't know what he's doing and he hasn't a clue. And they're trying to go back there and play and they never did it before. And this time, the next thing, it's all over the place. And and the same as the possession game. Like it's what put a ball out to the corner back in in hurling. Now, what most cornerbacks are going to do is drive it as far as they can. Sure, the goalie could have done that anyway. But what Limerick do is play it to Kyle Hayes, and then he takes on his man, and he creates midfield. And then if the score is on, it's on. If it's not, they'll because they have just look at the look at the physique and the power and the pace of these guys and the ball handling. Like uh, one of the scores they got last year in the semi final, where uh, I think it was Sean Finn to Hannon to it was Hannon finished it coming off the shoulder. And brought, I think it was three or four passes, triangle around their own full backline, half backline, and he finished it from a hundred yards. Club players can't do that, and most county players can't because they don't have that level. So I think that's where it breaks down and makes it look very bad. Um, I think played to their level, it's it's fantastic. But but it has it, and that's sport. I think, and that's life. It's always changing. And you see, you have to you have to be able to adapt to change, or else you have to do things that suit what you have. And I think that's one thing in Offaly that I would have been very conscious of that copying other counties, whether that's on the field or off the field, will never do in Offaly. We have to do it our way. We always had our own way, uh, and we were very, um, you know, we were we were very spontaneous. We had very skillful players. We had a way of. I'm not saying the way we played in our day, but you know, we moved the ball very quickly. It wasn't as simple as ground hurling, but I think we have to have a, we have to devise our own style um, because we're not going to have probably eight or nine lads that are six foot four or five like like Limerick have now or whatever. So it can't be all power, or it can't be all. Um, we we mightn't have the same personnel, so we have to work it around maybe a mixture of, of of different tactics and 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 develop our own style of play. And I think um, that's something that we're we're mindful of with 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 uh, with the, down through the ranks to try to try to connect our senior to our twenties to our minors to our development squads uh, through strength and condition, through nutrition, through psychology, uh, through skills. That's something that we're trying to work to build that model that it'll actually work from the top down and the bottom up, and we'll all meet somewhere in the middle. Now that sounds very noble, but it's not that simple to do. But we, we, I think we have a, I think we have the, I think we have the, 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 maybe the, the vision for it now, and we have a sort of a loose plan around it, and we have a good few people buying into it, uh, and um, you know, and, and I think the well-being and the sort of holistic approach of our players is very important. Our younger players, in particular, uh, when they're 17, 18, where do they see themselves? How do they see themselves playing with Offaly, and what? How does that fit into the rest of their lives? I think that's an area that we wouldn't have maybe 
broach before. Um, and I think that's very important because uh, it is about giving up that phase of your life, but it shouldn't be about giving it up. It should be because it's what you want to do from 18 to, well, I'm 53 next month, if you want to go that long. But, you know, I've always been involved. But if you if you sort of say, well, look, at I'm, I'm 20 now and I want to do this in 30. And, and I said this to John Mahan last week, I'd like our players to turn around when they're, when, when they're retiring and say, that has been the best 10 years of my life. I'll never have anything like that again. Everything was was the way it should be. And we were given every possibility to be as good as we could be. And I think if you do that, and they create that environment, and players enjoy it, and they give it everything. And that's a two-way stream now. The players will have to have to give you everything that they have as well. But if that works, um, I think that will lead to certainly improve, improve performance. And uh, it, will it lead to success? You can't be guaranteed that. But it should it should make make a set of players much more competitive and make the environment, uh, I think, much more enjoyable and 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 um, and create that opportunity, I think, to, to be the best that you can be. And I think if you look back at the end of your career, that's all you can do. Um, you know, and uh, you go back to what you asked me earlier, looking back on my career. One thing I would be very proud of is that I got every last inch out of every ounce out of the ability that I had, um, which, you know, well, I knew I wasn't at the standard of the Brian Whelans and the Johnny Dooley's. I knew I had a part to play and I understood that role and and I did everything that in my powers to 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 bring that to the to the fore on the big days. And I think, you know, when you can do when you can say that you did everything you could, well you're not going to do too bad in any walk of life. And your book um the, you wrote that you were involved in, um the first ever book from a GA man and awfully life, death and hurling. You really went in depth, I suppose, the highs and lows you've went through. Did you find it hard at the start to actually give this information in your book out to the general public? Yeah, it, 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 it probably was. And looking back, I think the timing of it was probably the thing. Um, uh, Adele had died at 41, my, my late wife, and um, she died in September 9 and probably started on the project sometime in, in 10, I think it was. And uh, I think if I let a bit of time go, I probably never would have done it. And uh, um, it was just... Uh, the time, the timing was 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 whether it was right or wrong. It was it was the timing as was led to it, led to the book when it was put to me to do it, and uh, it was actually hugely helpful to me to, to to write the book to get because I said it before. It was like a kind of a, a giant counselling session, um, you know, in terms of that there was a lot of stuff there that had to be got out, but might never have come out, and so it was a very, it was it was probably hugely beneficial to me as a person to actually do it and, and get that stuff out there and uh, and look at yourself I suppose in terms of the, the good the bad and the ugly um in terms of of life but you know it was I suppose I was in an unusual position at such a young age that uh, it was such highs and lows I suppose in terms of uh you know from a career point of view sports point of view um and family point of view to to be in a really good place uh in my early 30s uh, to a situation where you're, you spend a large part of the next decade dealing with somebody um, that you love and that, that uh, you know, mother of your kids uh, dying um, and, and particularly for the last four years where it was terminal, you know, it was, I suppose it's, it's, it's not, I suppose it's not something that you're equipped at such a young age to, you know, you haven't had the life experience. And I think you are, if you, if you look at old people when tragedies happen, um, they tend to be able to deal with them much better than younger people, you know, because I think they have that life experience, uh, uh, of of and to have that acceptance, I suppose, of what's happening. Um, so look at it was it was um, so I think it was it was probably a much living through it. I probably didn't realise how tough those number of years were, and I probably would have spent a lot of time in the last couple of years before Adele died worrying about the future. And you know, looking back, I probably didn't sleep for about three years really uh, uh, properly or at all, um, because every night when I went to bed, my mind would be racing about the future and when Adele dies and what am I going to do and how am I going to raise the lads and they were only small, they were only 11 and 8 when she eventually died but um, but I so I, I spent a lot of time uh, worrying about things that I actually had no control over but you, you know if you talk to people, uh, to, to, to experts like that's what people do, you, you, it's a mixture of anxiety I suppose and, and everything else um, and I suppose you, you, you uh, you, you, you probably there's a fear there of the future and what and how you're going to manage and on so many fronts and you, you kind of got obsessed but but at the same time managing on a day-to-day basis and getting through your work and whatever I was involved in um 
but really probably not coping properly. And um, and that took me a while, even after he then died, I suppose, to really settle down into it into into the life that I had now. And and it was still a, it was still a good life, you know what I mean? Even though that might sound like a strange thing to say, but um, it was different, and it was obviously uh, it 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 was uh, it was completely different, and it was tough, but there was still. Um, there was still a life ahead and two young sons to rear and 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 I suppose it was at that stage um in in 2010 I went down and trained uh, was involved with Pertumna with Johnny Kelly just for a year Johnny was looking for a fresh voice and I went down and don't know the time probably wasn't great really because for me but uh, he actually got bet in the county semi-final after a replay having been eight points up against Loch Ray and with a few minutes to go uh, the first day and and didn't win that and and I kind of decided, so what am I at after this? I said, I need to settle down here and make my life at home around the house now with the lads. And, you know, because I was always on the go. I was, that was that was the way it was. And uh, and then that's when I really got involved with the local club and got involved as a coach and then got involved as as, uh, as chairman of the club then uh, subsequently and kind of set down, set the roots then kind of here at uh, at home then at that stage. So, um, yeah, so it was... Look, it was, and look, there was lots of good stuff in the book as well. You know, I suppose the the, the title of it is is fairly apt. Uh, it's life, and life can throw you anything, and death happens. And I think people have to realise it's part of life. You know, it's uh, it's it's not a part of life that we that we I suppose um, that we like facing up to, but it does happen. My father died there back in March as well, and uh, um, and you know, I think even going through what I went through before gives you an acceptance for that. He had a great life. He was eighty five years of age. He died very suddenly in the end, but he was a he was a, he was very fit and very fresh man and but yeah yeah that acceptance of that he had a great life and he lived it in his terms and he went out in his terms and he wasn't suffering you know you you can put a context on it and I think my life experience has taught me that about that um but you know look there is still it's very sad to see young people passing away and and uh, unfortunately I've too much experience I have a couple of great friends who died young and we've had a couple of people in the locality here as well uh, went through the same thing over the last number of years so it does take its toll and every all that takes its life but life debt and hurling and all comes back to hurling at the end of the day gives you gave me the sort of uh i suppose i had that love and that interest in it and and then to see the lads you know having that interest and and progressing up and maybe giving me that ambition and to see could we could we could we go and uh in a little small club could we could we win a minor championship that was in my head we got hammered on the 14 level by a couple of teams and in the a and four years later then we won the minor with that with that with that team with that group of lads and that gave me huge satisfaction because um, so it set, set myself a target. I might not have said it too often, but kind of set myself that target with these lads and uh, and to see them growing as people as well. So that it probably set the foundation for what I'm trying to do now. Um, uh, it's obviously a much bigger challenge, uh, you know, at county level, but it's the same principle. People are people and uh, ambition is ambition and belief is belief and mm. pride in your county and pride in your club is big with me. So um, I think if you can... Uh, marry all that and get enough people thinking in the right way um we can get there and and still put it in context at the end of the day that it is only a sport uh at the end of the day, at times through my career um i would have admitted this nothing else mattered uh and i think you have to be kind of like that as a player you have to be ruthless um you know would know what i know now would i have been as ruthless i don't know i i probably wouldn't swap a lot but i would probably swap some of the decisions i made and, and uh, some of the choices i made but it, that's like you can't change things that happen you have to I suppose accept them and so that's what part of the book was about just finally a few quick fire questions um who would you say was the best hurler you played with during your playing career um that's an easy one but uh, i always mention you know, brain wheeling is the answer um i put John, johnny dooley very high in the list um john try for his skill and johnny pilkington for um, Johnny, Johnny is Lake Regal is actually on next week, um, uh, so I won't give away any secrets. But <laughs> I would have said it in it that um, uh, he, you know, he went on with the happy go lucky and you know the smoking and drinking and having to cry. He, he created a, a caricature of himself that was very far from the truth. Uh, he was a ferociously driven character, and um, you know, so so they were players. And then I suppose just my own club, you know, three All Ireland winning captains, uh, Parry Corn, Martin Hanami, and Hubert Rigby. Um, you know, men that uh, were, were were sort of all quietish enough, but very capable of you know, led by their deeds more so maybe, and and led their deeds and actually maybe more than their words, but very capable speakers as well. But 
Um, you know, would be very proud of, the, of our club that we produced three men of that stature. And um, Aidan Fogarty was another neighbour of mine at home that achieved great things in the game as well, and lots more. But um, and Damien Martin I mentioned earlier, but those three all winning captains, I think, as well, would stand out. But look, I, 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 I there was a lot of them players in the eighties and nineties, and I could talk about them forever. But um, Whelan was was a step above everybody. Yeah. And then your toughest opponent when you were playing. Um, Funny, I often answer, I answer this question over the years as that probably all of them, in a way, because uh, um, I would have had that little bit of self-doubt about my own ability uh, at the highest level, you know, because my hurling wouldn't have been, you know, wouldn't have been that tasty, as the man might say. But I, so you're generally, especially at 12, you'd be marking, you know, um, you know, the, the equivalent of the wheelhands at this world. So like that time, I suppose, um, um, you know, the, the Cork half back line, I would have played against him a little bit finishing up. Um, uh, ended up in Sean Og. Wayne Sherlock, I would have played Sean Og another day for a while at the end. Willie O'Connor Kilkenny was an exceptional player. Um, um, you know, and Kevin Keenan at club level, um, they bet us in four county finals, they won four, and Kevin was full back. I would have played, a, would have been coming and going in and out of the field, like what is he was a he was a he was a very strong man and a great player, a great stickman. Wheel and the club level as well. So like you're you're marking you're marking those quality of lads. I'd probably um come down on I'd say Willie O'Connor Kilkenny was was a hard man to get a better of. He was very close to the ground and great skill and he was first committed, you know, and uh, he, he was he was mentally strong as well. He was a tough man to break down. And um, favourite game then as a player. Favourite game. Uh, 90, the 95 Leinster final was, is, happened to be our last one that we won as well and we won the 98 through the back door um, that was a very very wet day with Beckley Kenny as well that's our um, we'd won the All-Ireland in 94 and um, there was that bit of doubt about it that we talked about earlier that maybe Limerick were a better team in 95 then Kilkenny bet us in the league quarter final I think down in Turles DJ, DJ got three goals the same day so we were kind of written off for the Leinster final against Kilkenny in 95 and it came it turned into an absolute monsoon that day, one of the wettest days I'd say ever in Crow Park. And uh, I think the first half, I think it was 5 2 at half time, like low, talk about low scoring, but it was a savage game though. Who can block and hit and tackle? And, and there was loads of incidents in it. And uh, and then we pulled away in the second half. We won it 216 to 25 in the end. We actually led 216 to five points. DJ DJ got, or 215 to five, and DJ got two goals, and we, we finished the scoring. Um, but that game, I think, for pure determination, we had a team meeting down in the Ashling Hotel down the Keys beforehand, and Eamon Cregan, it was probably the most animated I saw Cregan in his time with us. He was a f- fantastic um, manager and motivator. Um, and uh, it was definitely the most determined team, awfully team, I'd say, that ever went on the field and a hugely enjoyable occasion uh, to be involved in. And, uh, um, you know, obviously all the matches in 98, that game against Cork in 2000, I mentioned, um, you know, so like the ninety eight I learned meant a lot to me, but I I just think that ninety five just from a from a one off perspective, I think that was that was a great day. Great chatting to you, Michael, and uh, thanks a million for your time.